Let's pray together. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, it's, the, it's a, quite a famous passage that where Jesus says, Come to me, anyone who is weary and heavy laden. But in the message, it reads like this. So you may have know it in a, a different format, but let me read it to you in the message. On the back of what we've just been singing, that God will take our burden. God will fight for us. It says, Are you tired, worn out, Burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn To live freely and lightly. The unforced rhythms of grace. And this morning, as we close our eyes, each one of us may have, you know, different things that are upon our hearts. You may have come in this morning with a spring in your step and you're refreshed and you've had a great holiday. You may come in this morning thinking, I don't know where to turn. You may be here this morning not knowing what to think. We may be here carrying uh, things that, at work or in family life or maybe in our bodies where there's sickness. But this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Then come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This morning, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just come before you. And I just pray for anyone here this morning that is feeling weighed down or heavy burdened, or not feeling that they have a spring in their step, or feeling out of step, whether it's something in family life that is concerning us right now, or something at work that is becoming, uh, that's out of our power or control. Maybe in our Christian walk, where we've grown a bit weary, and, uh, or could be maybe in our physical well-being that we don't feel very well right now. Uh, so we come before you, Jesus. You said, come to me. Come to you. We're here together as the church, and we're here because we want to find you, see you, know you, feel your presence. And so... Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, would you touch each person's life right now as we reach out to you? Pray for families, pray for homes, pray for people's bodies right now. We need healing, we reach out to you. Just a touch, one touch from you can change our lives forever. One word from you can change my life forever. So perhaps there are people here this morning that need a word of wisdom. They just need to know what to do and when to do it. Would you just speak a word into their lives right now? Perhaps it's people here this morning that need a touch upon their bodies right now. Lord Jesus, you said, I am willing to someone that said, if you are, you said, I am willing. And you touched that man and he said, you made him clean. You're willing now and pray that you touch people's bodies here right now with your healing hand. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to have your way in our lives. Perhaps it's at work, perhaps it's at home, maybe it's in our bodies. And in our church right now, we say, have your way, living God. Have your way, we ask 
In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're going to look this morning uh, together, uh, continuing in a series called Kingdom Culture. And we're looking at how we can live lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. And just going to spend a, um, a few moments this morning and, um, and then we're going to conclude as we just conclude as we worship together. Um, Matthew chapter 6. just want to read um, a, f- a few verses. Uh, so we're continuing. So we started last Sunday on this series, Kingdom Culture. And so this morning I, I want to speak about um, the heart of the kingdom. Your heart is the heart of the kingdom. We were looking at this last Sunday. If you're here for the first time, everything that we're looking at now is in context of something that I introduced uh, last Sunday morning. And um, so uh, the heart of the kingdom is what we're looking at this morning. Uh, Everything that I hope to to share on screen crashed. And the only thing that I've got is the, 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 uh, the main screen that you can see in front of you. So my apologies this morning. It seemed to just disappear. It should have been in the cloud. It probably is in the cloud somewhere. In, uh, uh, yeah. And um, there you go. It's one of them things, isn't it? It's, it's out there somewhere. I don't know where, but it's definitely not on my iPad anymore. So, um, but uh, stay with me for a few minutes this morning as we look at some practical things for life. And I believe that Jesus Christ is alive today and the things that he shared 2,000 years ago can be by the power of his Holy Spirit just as relevant and powerful for life today. It's what we believe. It's what we believe and uh, as believers as Christians. So in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 24, we read this. It's about treasure and where our heart is and what God wants to do with our hearts. And uh, it says, verse 19 of Matthew 6, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for your lives treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. So as I said, we're, we're, the heart of the kingdom is what we're looking at this morning. We've embraced a whole series called Kingdom Culture. And last Sunday we introduced, and as I said, there'll be a little bit of an overlap this morning. We were looking at this same passage in Matthew chapter 6. And we looked at this idea of um, priorities. Last Sunday set the scene for our priorities in life. When we looked at the theme of seeking first God's kingdom. If you can remember... All that long time ago, one week ago, if you can remember, we were looking at this idea of seeking first the kingdom, having a priority and positioning and repositioning our hearts with the rule of the living king, Jesus. His kingdom, God's kingdom, is to be a priority for our lives. If you remember, we looked at this idea of the things that we value, who and what we value um, forms our 
belief, our belief system and uh, the values and our belief will affect our behavior. And if you look at belief and behavior together, that's our culture. That's, that's the, how we'll do life. And we're called to be, as Christians, people of a kingdom culture. We are um, in this world, but not of this world. If we are Christians, you'll understand we are born again, born from above. And we're now in the kingdom, living in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the rule and the influence and the rule of God, who is love, remember, it's not this evil ruler. We looked at this at great length, so I'm not going to go into it in great length now. But the rule of God is the rule of love. It's love, the kingdom of God, in our hearts. And so that spreads as it spreads from one person to another to another. And the kingdom spreads across the earth in the hearts of human beings, people, God's creation. And we introduced this idea um, last Sunday. So I'm going to just expand on that a little bit more this morning when we look at the heart of the kingdom, God in our hearts. And so on the back of this idea of positioning Making the kingdom of God our priority in life. Remember, it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given you. So all the stuff we need in life comes to us. But we look at stuff. We live in a world that looks out for things. And it seems to be the other way around. But God turns it all up the other way and looks for us to seek him and prioritize him in our lives. And then everything else seems to go incredibly well. So God wants you and I to have a great life, a good life. Jesus actually said that I have come that you might have life in abundance. So being a Christian is a great thing. It's a good thing. Knowing God is an amazing thing. Being at one with our creator, having his heart and life in our lives. It's good. It's great. It's amazing. That's what Jesus always wanted. Sometimes we have to tell, I have to tell my face. I was nearly said, you have to tell your face, but I don't want to look at anyone and say that this morning. But sometimes I need to tell my face, as it were, that God is good. Jesus is alive. He's a good, good father. And we looked at this and we expanded on this last week. So Today, let's look at this idea of the heart of the kingdom. I don't know if you noticed, but um, in the reading, that short reading that we looked at this morning, there's a few verses, there are three key words. I picked out, to me, there were three words that jumped out of that, the page as I looked at that. Treasure, heart, and master. When you read those few verses that we've just read, there are three words that just seem to, to me, as I prayed over that I've been praying over that this week, uh, the last week. Um, three words jump out the page. Treasure, heart, and master. Jesus said, says there, um, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. He then goes on to say in verse 20, but store for yourselves treasure in heaven. In verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasure. Um, Treasure is, is really your valuables, what you consider valuable. What is of value? That's our treasure. It's not just stuff. It's not just me jewels or, well, I don't have any jewels. Um, but um, my wife doesn't have any jewels either. I don't tend to buy many of those sort of things. But uh, perhaps I should um, a little bit more now and again. Maybe on our golden wedding anniversary. <laughs> but but um, my wife would tell you that when I proposed it was on a top of a double-decker bus going from Nantwich to Crewe, where we studied at college. That was my proposal. Um, uh, her engagement ring, nothing wrong with where it came from, but it came from um, 
the jewelry counter in Argus. She reminds me of that. <laughs> I was a student. I did. And um, when Helen's dad, uh, my, my father-in-law, who was to be at the time, I didn't make a very good impression, really. He, he said, oh, great, great, you know, let's look at the ring. And Helen's dad had one of these magnified thingies. <laughs> put, put, you know. And he, 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 he loves he, he loved to, to look at and find the hallmarks on things and tells you where they're from and what's so. Anyway, he looked at the engagement ring. <laughs> I don't think he could find, find the little diamond where, where, where it was. But, um, but it's the love and the thoughts and it's... No, it's not, it's the... It's the gold. <laughs> but where was I? That was it. Treasure. <laughs> Value. That was what I wanted to say. Yeah, I thought there was a reason why I said that. Value. Who and what we value, what we consider valuable, is our treasure. And what we treasure or who we treasure, that's where our heart will be. Jesus said that himself. Isn't that interesting? That's where your heart will be. He says, what you treasure, there your heart will be. There you will find your heart. Value. Values are the things that we hold to our hearts and our minds. Our, more, than, more than what we believe, we just found our, what we believe we found our lives on. We give our lives to value. One of the things... Um, that we, well, I ended up watching at home. I, I, I don't have control. I, you know, I know you have one of these clickers. That you, you have a clicker at home where you can click through your channels. I, I, don't, I am not the controller of the channels. I think, um, I think our children, our grown-up children, are the controllers of the channels. But we, we happened to be watching, because it was round about 9-11, one of those programs about 9-11. And it's, it's, even though we're sort of 15 years down the line from that, it's very heart-rending when you hear telephone conversations of people that are in the World Trade Center ringing family and friends just saying, I love you. It, 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 it makes me almost feel that you could well up. I could well up. You could well up now. At the end of the day, value, love. And people just valued in that moment of it, looking at the precipice, the precipice of life, what became valuable was the people that they loved. And Jesus talks here, it's really interesting, about our values and what and who we value. And he says, where your treasure, what you value, there your heart will be. That has our hearts. That's what gets hold of your heart and my heart. Consciously and also subconsciously. Because I can have lots of good plans and I might tell myself I want to do such and such and I'm going to do this or I love that. But I can fall into certain habits and certain ways of thinking subconsciously. Um, and Jesus goes on to say that what you treasure, you'll see it there. He says where he's, he's warning about what we treasure and where we treasure and the values of our lives and where that takes our hearts, basically. That's what he's warning about life. And he's then encouraging people to treasure and value God, a relationship with God and the, what he calls the kingdom of God, coming into the relationship with the living God, the living king. And he says, and he goes on to say something else. He says then that um, where your treasure is, in verse 21, 
there your heart will be. It's, it's, it's so important who or what has our hearts. It's so important because where our heart or who has our heart and what has our hearts will ultimately become master of our lives. Gets hold of our lives, gets into your head, into your heart. This idea of being master gets into our hearts and lives, into our heads, into our lives. And Jesus makes this, he, he takes it to a conclusion that um, you can't be devoted. It's interesting, isn't it? You will not be able to be devoted to you be devoted to one or the other. You can't be devoted to both. It's either the things of this world, he talks of wealth or money or mammon or things of this world, or the kingdom of God. And we looked at this a little bit last week about the challenge to us today. You know, um, there is a challenge for our hearts. There's a challenge for you and I. There was then, um, 2,000 years ago, because people were worried about life and became worried about what they would eat, how they would be clothed, and how they would live, um, what they would, where they would go, how they would have family. The, the things about life, just living life, the things of life, people were concerned. And Jesus spoke into their concern. He wasn't chiding them and putting them down, I don't think. I think that when he was sharing, he, he, he always had a heart of love and grace. And I think the motivation for Jesus was always love. Always love. Never to score points. And even with the religious, his heart always broke. Even for the religious, who he would sometimes get quite angry with in a righteous way. But he said to them, you know, we've got this choice. And today we have the same choice in life. There is a choice for us in life today. And there's a challenge with that choice. We do feel a challenge. We can either live for God or not. You can't sort of mosey on along and sort of have a, a, a foot in this part of the world and, and a foot in, this, in, in one part of God's uh, 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 world. It, we, we've got to live for him or not, basically, and Jesus was speaking about this. There are two powerful influences that we need to be aware of. I talked a little bit about them last week, but they make this idea of treasure where our heart goes and what becomes our master a bit of a challenge. Because I look at you today, and I'm sure that many, many people here today would say, I want to live for God. We, last Sunday, we stood as a church, and we declared with our hearts and ha- hands raised to heaven and our hearts open, we want to live for you, God. And I'm sure that you would, many people would say, I just want to live my life for God. But there's a challenge, just as there was then and there is now. And I would say there's, there's a, there are a number of powerful influences that you and I need to be aware of today. There's a challenge to our choice. And these are the challenges. They're consumerism and humanism. Two incredible challenges that we face today, and you might not even think that you experience them. Consumerism, a consumer, we live in a consumer society. That is based on the idea that buying, consuming, buying things, goods, services, promotes a good life. Consumer society. That's the, that's the world in which we live. It, it's based on an ideology. It's based on a belief. It's based on a value that buying things, consuming, and the increased choice and goods and services and things promotes a good life, a satisfying, fulfilling, and ultimately fulfilling life. Now, we were looking at this um, last Sunday, and, and I would say again that things in themselves, it's not wrong, it's not wrong to have things. We live in this world. And Jesus actually had to then say to people, seek first the kingdom of God. And as you do this, he said, all these things will be given to you as well. Food, home, job, stuff you need to live life. Might be in the cooking pot then. 
rather than the slow pot now, or whatever it is that you buy. I don't know what it might be. So things per se, this isn't uh, standing on a soapbox and saying, oh, what a terrible world we live in, oh, consumerism. It's not that at all. It's just to be aware of there is something in our society, a value. There's a value system, a value base that we just need to be aware of so that we can embrace God with all our hearts, knowing that there are some things that affect our soul. You see, with the ultimate, the thing about consumerism is that it ultimately consumes your and my soul. It has a sedating effect on our hearts and minds to the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, the spiritual realm, and a heart for God. I've known lots of great Christians over the years. And, you know, you and I, it has consumerism, a value base that says you need these things. You must have this. We joked last week about the, the latest gadget or whatever the latest thing was. And it's always, you know, if, if it's, a, it's a, a 3GS, it's a, a 4, a 4S, 5, 5S, 5SE, a 6, a 6S, 6S, um, bigger, um, you know, a 7. Now it's iPhone 7 and, and it will go on and, that, and it will be 10 times faster and bigger and better. And there's nothing wrong per se, perhaps. But there is this all-consuming treadmill. So you find that people do things like escape to the country. They do things like escape to another country. And they'll be on these TV programs where you get off the treadmill and you go away. And um, because... At the end of the day, a value-based system that says that these things... At the end of the day, when people at 9-11, it was the people that they loved and to be loved and life that really mattered. So consumerism is one of those things that consumes the soul and it sedates our hearts. And the second area that we just need to be aware of, and I just say make, you know, make us aware, is this... And um, see, I know when I went for a, a, an operation, you know, the anaesthetist explained about sedation. They chatted to me about, you know, uh, this, that, and the other. And then uh, I went in just for a, an operation and would come out the same day, but I had to be sedated. And uh, I knew all about sedation. And then they were chatting to me. And the next thing I was gone, I was waking up. What happened there? So we can know about consumerism and we can know about stuff, but it just affects the soul. It affects the soul. We just need to be aware of that. We need to open up our hearts to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing what God can do, touching our hearts and lives. And the second area is humanism. Now together, and I'll just talk about the humanism for two minutes, but humanism and consumerism together are an intoxicating cocktail, to use a bit of an illustration. Incredibly intoxicating. Humanism is this. Humanism says that we, that's human beings, are the center of the world. Probably the universe. Although they're looking for life. But humanism says that human beings, men and women, human beings, we're at the center of the world. Life centers around you and I. I mean, that's in a nutshell. I mean, it, there's a lot more to the humanism than that, but that's the gist of humanism. Life centers around humans. We are at the center. We're the captain of our soul. We are evolving and becoming greater and greater, and it will get better and better, and it's, it all stops with us. And what humanism does, it, it's 
me. And humanism lives now. It's me now. And that's the gist of it, humanism. It's a value. It's a big, big, big value. It's a big, humongous, huge value. And so where you get me living now, I'm in charge with I need more to satisfy You get those consumerism and humanism stirred and shaken together when drunk, it becomes intoxicating. And, you know, as Christians, we can imbibe that intoxicating value, those values for life. And so Jesus shares and shared then and shares today an understanding of treasure, value, Heart, giving our hearts to God, putting him first, making him our priority, a father in life. And don't worry, a job, the things you need, they will come into place as well. It wasn't just, oh, you don't need that. Just go and live in a, under a pyramid somewhere or, or just quit life and, and go and sit in a field or whatever it is that people you know, uh, may, may feel led to do. Um, there are things in life that we need, of course, and Jesus understands, God understands that. We are living in a material world, but we have a challenge. We are, the challenge is living the kingdom of God in the material world. And this is why Jesus sent the person of the Holy Spirit, so that we wouldn't be left powerless and as orphans, so that we can live the kingdom life full of the power of the Holy Spirit and full of Jesus Christ and full of God's healing hand in our lives. So what are we to do? So Jesus said, uh, seek first the kingdom. So being aware of these things is one thing, but what are we going to do about it then? So uh, with this, just for a few more moments, another, another five minutes or so, and we'll come to a close. So what can we do about this then? Understanding this is one thing, and hearing what Jesus has to say about the treasure and how this can affect our hearts, our values, and w- who then becomes our master. If we're not, not careful, then um, stuff the, the values of this age and world in which we live gradually comes into our hearts and lives. And it can be mixed up with a desire to live for God, but also mixed in. It's called syncretism when it's all mishmashed together. So if you want to purely give our hearts and lives to God, then Jesus said this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. We looked at that last week. I... I I would say it's this, it's make living for God a first thought, not an afterthought. This is what Jesus is saying. Make a life lived, lived for God as a first thought, not an afterthought. In other words, our priority in life is that that we treasure a relationship with Jesus Christ. We treasure, and I ask myself, and I ask you, and you don't have to say anything to me, It's not any of my business what you treasure at the end of the day. I don't make it my business to know your business. My business is to know God's business and the kingdom business. That's what I'm called to do. But I am called to challenge myself. uh, And it's this. Do you treasure? Do you truly treasure a relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you really? Do you? And you might say, of course I do, you silly fool. 
I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it's, like, it's none of my business. I know that. But I, I question that myself. Do I tra- if, if I do it, I really value. I really value knowing God. I really value it with my priority to make sure my relationship with God is right first. And I continue to... And then, as that happens, it's a how to live a great life, a good life. All these things will be given to you as well. Make... Living for God, a first thought, not an afterthought, our priority. God's a good father, and um, he'll make sure that we will have all that we need for life. Because he's a good, good father. He's a good king. He wants to be king of our hearts. His kingdom, he's the king of the kingdom, and he wants to be king of our hearts. And he's a good, good father. His plans are good to prosper you. Jesus said, come to me, and I will give you strength and rest and hope. I will give you life into all of its fullness and abundance. He reveals the Father as a good, good Father. It's amazing. So God's got great, good, amazing, fantastic benefit, intention, positive goodness for you and I. But do we really value him? Value him. Not what I can get, but value him. My priority is for a relationship with him. Treasure my relationship with God. Now, when Jesus was asked about what's the greatest thing that I should do in life, in Luke 10 verse 27, he replied to a man and said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, uh, with all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with everything you've got, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus said that in Luke 10 verse 27, about loving God with everything, he was basically saying, seek the kingdom of God first. Same thing. It's the same, 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 same idea. It's the same thought. It's the same idea. And so for you and I, if we are to deal with the intoxicating cocktail of life today, then we're called to love God, value God, treasure God with our, all our heart, all our soul, all our strength and all our mind and those around us and those we meet here and out in life as we would ourselves. So there's an idea of a priority. Priority. We need to, there is this idea of priori- a priority for a, uh, to give God place. The priority of the place of God in my life and your life. That's the priority in life. See, the intoxicating thing of humanism and consumerism is that God becomes part of life, not life. And then we're worried and thinking, what am I going to do about this? But God says, I will make sure that heart and life and home and things that you need, they will come into place as well, and relationships. And so, to love God with everything we've got means this, that I were going to give priority to God with my life. I will give priority of place for God with my life, not just in my life, but with my life. It's so different. See, consumerism and humanism will give us to say, have God as part of your life. You can pick part of God for your life, and it's good. And you, but God calls for us. He's, he is an all-consuming fire. He wants us to be consumed by his goodness and his love. And so that's going to take a number of things. If you, if you unpack it practically, it's going to take time. So we have to have a priority to give God space and place. 
I don't know about you today, but we are now have so many distractions and so much busyness, and life is as great complexity. If I go to Costa, I don't know what to order. You know, a fluffy this, a throffy that, a dash of this and a dash of that, a macchiato or whatever it is. I mean, Andrew knows all the... I, I haven't got a clue off of what the things are. I always say, I, love, I always go for the cheapest me. It's true, isn't it, Helen? But it's getting so complex because that's consumerism. Consumerism says you need the choice. Who who says we need the choice? We're told. You need the choice. And so there's all these different permutations that cost £4.50 plus. I I don't don't know about you, but but it's great to have choice. I love choice. I love going to costas and places. So I will have a coffee and that. Probably won't spend £4.50. But... There's this idea that today, but it's like that in everything in life. The, the choices now, are, it's just so complex. And that's what, it's all, that's what the whole consumer thing is all about. That's the road. That's the road it takes us on. But I find it's, there's a complexity. There's a many distractions. There's a complete busyness. That's what goes with consumerism. And it, I'm not saying that we go off on escape, but we, we look at that and we give God place. Priority. That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a massive challenge. It is a challenge. I have something that comes up on my iPad every day, and I think, oh, flipping heck. Your chronological reading is. Come on, I'm doing the U version. But it's good because what it does, it just, it's just a little ding, it's just a little prompt. Because there's so much going on. Time to give priority, place. Uh, time to think. Second thing is think. You know, we need to think on these things. In Philippines, it says, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, think on these things. Be transformed. In Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the word of Christ, in Colossians, it says, dwell in us richly. And so there's something to think. The word of God The New Testament is amazing. As we read the New Testament, you find the words of Jesus shared in the Gospels and what the apostles shared about the teaching of Jesus Christ. And we find that we have a value base that's Jesus-based. The New Testament is all Jesus. If you read the New Testament, you'll find nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see some amazing people that led the church, but everything's about Jesus. Everything points to Jesus who points us to the Father and a relationship with the Father. And if we want the values of the kingdom and live the kingdom life, then think on Jesus. Think The New Testament's an amazing place to start. Time, think. Talk. We're called to talk to him. And, uh, you know, as we pray and as we worship, I find that, you know, being here is great, but being on my own with God is even better. This is really amazing and good, and it's really great to be with God myself. And so to be able to talk to God and to be able to uh, pray and speak to God and hear God, uh, time to talk, uh, making time to hear God. I mean, I, you know, if I'm in the car, I, I'll, I, will, I spend, you know, going from here to there and stuff, for me, um, house, I've said this so many times, House Fires 3 is, a, is, a, is an amazing worship that I'm listening to. And I find that it restores my soul and I feel the presence of God. It's being able to talk and worship and pray and hear. Time. Think the word. Talk. And then walk. 
You know, when I give time, as I think, as I talk, as I feel the Holy Spirit changing and touching my heart, then I'm able to live. My behavior comes out what I, out what I believe. The values, my treasure, I will treasure the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're called to give him place, time, to be able to think, to the word of God, to be able to talk, to worship, to pray, and to live the life and walk in Jesus Christ. You see, when we give God place, relationship, we feel truly valued. It's called loved. For God so loved the world, so loved the world, so values, treasures you and I, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, treasure him, give their lives to him, shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's everlasting life into the future eternity and to experience life, kingdom life, here on this earth as well. And so as we give him place and priority, this is why Jesus said if you serve him, if we give our lives to him, we will feel truly valued and that affects my values. And so it's not something we have to go and do. We've got to go and sign up for. We'll have a sign-up sheet because we do have sign-up sheets for Bake Off and stuff. There's not a sign-up sheet now that will say you have to sign up to this. God just wants you to give your heart to him and give him place, primary, priority. And then you find that you will feel valued, loved, truly overwhelmed with love, truly amazingly filled with incredible love so that affects the way in which I value and then I love those around me and the world in which I live. And you find that you will change and grow in fruitfulness. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give our hearts and lives to you this morning. We say thank you that you're alive, Jesus. We, we worship you and we bless you. We give ourselves to you afresh. And we say, Lord, would you just take our hearts and lives this morning? We pray, Father God, that um, you'd have mercy. And uh, we thank you that you have sent the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. This isn't something I have to do. It's not a big to-do list. You just call us to give you priority. The intention of our hearts is a desire to know you and live for you. That's all you require. That's all you call for, Jesus. Seek first. Love with all our hearts. And so this morning we come before you and we say, Lord, we just give you our hearts afresh. If we've grown, if I've grown cold, if I've become too busy, if I've been taken up, and if my life has treasured things other than you, Lord, would you forgive me, forgive us right now. We thank you that you do. You're a great, good, good father who forgives incredibly, amazingly. And as we open up our hearts to you, would you just flood us afresh? Holy Spirit, would you flood our hearts and lives and families and marriages and homes, our work, as we just give our lives afresh to you? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.